We don't like to wait. At least not for too long, right? As I went into the waiting season last episode, there's just more. There's more to talk about. There's more to explore. There's more encouragement and hope and instruction. And if you feel like you're in a waiting season right now, which I'm sure you are, and you're ready to bounce out of there, stay right here. Give me 20 minutes to share what the Lord has taught me through my waiting season. And I pray the Holy Spirit speaks to you today through this episode and that he helps you to see God's heart and God's plan in motion in your own life right here, right now. I pray your confidence in his promise exponentially grows in the next 20 minutes. And I pray you receive his truth and his love just for you. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, Christian mentor and life coach. For the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all, this whole waiting season thing, it's real. And I know it's real because I'm in it in my own life. And y'all have confirmed. (laughs) This past week has been incredible. The amount of messages and emails and text messages and DMs and interactions on social media posts, y'all get this waiting season thing. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I urge you, like, As strongly as I can, I urge you to listen to it. The truth that was shared in that episode has changed the way I look at waiting seasons. Oh, and I'm now thinking I will always and actually should hopefully always be in a waiting season. There should always be a promise or a word from the Lord that I am holding on to, that I'm trusting will come to pass, that is giving me the opportunity to increase my faith as I wait. One of the examples I shared last week was how my mom prayed for my dad's salvation. My mom getting saved when I was in fourth or fifth grade, so like 1992-ish, and my dad in 2010, he was 65. She told me this past week that it was a couple friend of theirs that they were believers, and they continued to tell her, just praise God for his salvation already. Praise God for it already. Believe and praise God for it already. And she had to continue that thought of praise for another almost 20 years. It's actually incredible to me. So today, I want to continue this conversation. Actually, the Lord dropped these points to me the day after the last episode released, which was a bit strange for me because usually it's a couple extra hikes and walks and just time with him to truly hear, to listen, to hear again, to confirm, and just make sure before I get on this mic. But this week, it was so early and so clear. And you know what's crazy now? The mountain I usually hike here in Kelowna, BC when I'm in town, it's the one you see me share on social media like three or four times a week at least. Well, on Saturday, it was on fire. Now, the fire is contained, but the hiking trail is closed, and I couldn't go there on Saturday or Sunday or Monday even to double check in with God on these points. And he knew that. Like, He knew that ahead of time. See, this is what life with God is like. Some might call it a coincidence. I choose to recognize God. He spoke so clearly beforehand to me, knowing I would not be able to go to our spot for some finalizing confirmation on this one. Oh, it's just so good. Thank you, Lord. I see you. Thank you. 
well, (laughs) right back into this, the waiting season, because there's more to share. Today, three things not to do in your waiting season. And I pray right now that the Holy Spirit shows you as you're listening, if you're doing any of these, and that you can recognize it and, well, cut it out. (laughs) Because remember, your waiting season is purposeful. It's actually a positive place. It's not a punishment. It's not a, oh, you're not ready, so circle again. It's strategic and on purpose. God has a plan. That plan is always in motion and you are part of that plan. So let me get right into these points. I know I said a couple episodes back that I want to focus on the do's, not the don'ts. Well, today, three things not to do. Three don'ts for your waiting season. So let's go. Number one, don't limit God. Oh, and they all start with L again. So fun, right? Thanks, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Don't limit God. He doesn't only have one promise for you. He doesn't only have one gift, one talent, one assignment. Sure, I'm waiting for the wife season, but let me tell you, I can confidently tell you my identity right here, right now. I'm not less than because I'm not a wife yet. And I don't believe I'm unqualified to be a wife. I also can't fully believe I'm not ready to be a wife. This waiting season is not punishment. It might be protection. I'll take that. And know this, like I said last week, my waiting season has a purpose. And that purpose is not just to wait. The purpose is not only to work toward that one thing. Don't limit God. Let's talk about David. 1 Samuel chapter 16, we'll start in verse 13. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Great. So David is anointed by Samuel, anointed as king of Israel, like not appointed as king yet, but anointed as king. He will be king. God said it. Samuel anointed him and confirmed it. Now He waits until it's time. Um, Scholars say that David was like 15 years old at this time. Well, let's fast forward, skip a couple chapters, head to technically the next book of the Bible, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 3. So there at Hebron, King David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years in all. So about 15 years between the time David was anointed and God gave the word that he would be king of Israel and it actually happening in public. 15 year, quote, waiting season for David. Is king of Israel the only thing God had for David? Was that David's only identity the Lord had for him? Like what happened in those 15 years? What happened in David's waiting season? Well, Goliath happened. David kills Goliath, classic Sunday school lesson, his confidence in the Lord and anointing on his life. He defeats the enemy giant, not only grows his own confidence, I'm sure, but all those who witness this in his waiting season. He marries Saul's daughter. He meets Jonathan, Saul's son. He escapes death. Wait, as I'm saying this right now, he escapes death. Of course he escapes death. God had said he will be king of Israel, and he's not yet king of Israel. He has been anointed with that truth that he will be king of Israel. He's not yet king of Israel, so of course God won't let him die. What God said has not yet come to pass. Look, do not limit God, and do not give up. 
Your waiting season is a time to increase your faith. You probably can't even see or recognize the number of times you've escaped death. The number of times you drove past the car accident and weren't in it. The number of times the enemy tried to take you out. No, you have escaped death because you are in a waiting season and God's word, God's promise, it will come to pass. Oh, y'all, that's so real. Like, let that encourage you. I'm not even going to go further into David's life because that point right there just hits. 15 years, 15 years of waiting for David. Don't limit God. God may have an assignment for you in this waiting season that will actually have more lasting effect than what you're waiting for. This assignment in your waiting season may be shared and talked about for generations to come. If you pull the audience, whether believers or not, whether raised in church or not, ask them what they know about David from the Bible. I bet the majority of them don't say he was king of Israel. I bet they say he defeated Goliath. That waiting season victory. Don't limit God. Number two, don't listen to everybody. (laughs) Oh, I'm so serious. You need me to say that again? Don't listen to everybody. One of the ways I think we can get mixed up in this world is by listening to everybody else's opinions, advice, experiences, and putting them above God. Now, I believe in seeking wisdom from others. I believe in having counsel. The Bible is clear. Proverbs eleven fourteen says this, without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. Other translations say counsel, right? Without wise counsel, a nation falls, and there is safety in the multitude of counsel. Also, Proverbs 27, 9 says this, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. So I'm not saying not to seek wise counsel. I'm not saying to be silent. What I'm saying is don't listen to everybody. I'm thinking about Samson in the Bible. I love how these examples coming up today are like ones that you were taught in kids' church. Samson, the super strong man, then Delilah tricked him. Well, however you choose to look at it. (laughs) And the Philistines, the enemy, they cut off all his hair while he was sleeping, and then he lost all of his strength, right? Okay, let's go here. Judges chapter 13. First of all, in verse 3, it says this, The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, Even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. Well, talk about a waiting season. (laughs) Then the angel says this in verse 5, You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut. For he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Oh my goodness. Y'all, I'm telling you, the Bible is legit. And when you begin to get consistent in this time with God, you see these words in such a fresh way. You truly see. Oh, I'm like pumped right now because check out what I just read as I kept going, trying to get to the birth of Samson. So in verse 22, Samson's soon-to-be father, Manoah, says to his wife, We will certainly die, for we have seen God. But his wife said, If the Lord were going to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted our burnt offering and grain offering. He wouldn't have appeared to us and told us this wonderful thing and done these miracles. Come on. Y'all see this? David's life was spared in his waiting season. Samson's parents' lives spared in their waiting season. She said, If the Lord were going to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted our burnt offering and grain offering. He wouldn't have appeared to us and told us this wonderful thing and done these miracles. Okay, finally, verse 24. When her son was born, she named him Samson. 
Okay, but my thoughts through this, thinking about don't listen to everybody. Now, Samson's hair was a big deal, right? The Nazarite vow, which was actually an option, sort of, but not for Samson. This was instruction straight from God. Do not cut his hair. Now, I know we all have like images of what we see in cartoons and movies of what men looked like then with long hair and waves and all the things nicely groomed. But Samson never cut his hair. I gotta believe there were people who wanted him to cut his hair or offered to cut it for him or told him it's gross or too long or it's just not necessary. Just all the things. I gotta imagine that. But Samson and his parents didn't listen to everybody else. They couldn't listen to everybody else. They listened to God. They trusted God. Well, until Delilah. (laughs) There's so much more to this. And now I'm super curious. And I just want to go and read the book of Judges again and dig into Samson's life. So that's where you'll find it if you want to dig into that too. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Don't listen to everyone. They don't know your promise. They don't know what God has told you. They don't know what God has asked you to do, to give up, to sacrifice. In many of my waiting seasons, I've felt led to and decided to fast. This is a whole nother conversation too for a later date, but fasting is personal and it's super personal for me. Honestly, I've learned that I prefer to fast when nobody else is home or around, like when I have the house to myself, because I don't need to hear, it doesn't take all that, or that's not healthy, or you're really not going to eat, or how many more days are you doing this, or oh, how much weight do you think you'll lose? Maybe I should fast too. In your waiting season, don't listen to everybody. Best of intentions doesn't cut it in the kingdom because God doesn't work based on intentions and God doesn't need to consider how the world will react or what the world will say. Noah, God told Noah to build a boat. A what? Yeah, rain is going to come down from the sky and flood the earth. Just wait. Uh, I sometimes wonder who in Noah's life was on his side, like was confirming what God had said, was supporting this wild boat thing that he was building for rain to come down from the sky, which had never happened before. It's a good thing Noah didn't listen to everybody while he was waiting. In my life, I have a few, like a few women I not just trust, but trust with what God has told me or asked me or shown me. A few. And even with that few, Sometimes it's just one of them that I share with. Seek out godly wisdom. Seek confirmation if you need it. Well, actually, don't just seek confirmation. Ask God to give it to you. He'll show you who will confirm his word to you. And know this, he cannot and will not contradict himself. So if the advice you get doesn't line up with scripture and with who God is, that ain't it, homie. Don't listen to everybody. Okay, so don't limit God. Don't listen to everybody. And number three, Don't leave prematurely. Oh, I'm so serious. Don't leave the waiting season prematurely. The most clear example of this we can all understand when a baby is born premature, right? When they're not ready, not fully developed, what happens? It's scary for everyone involved. They need assistance, sometimes assistance that's really invasive. They need time. And sometimes there's actually lifelong lasting effects of being born prematurely and God is so, so good. And birth of a child is a miracle and a gift. And I'm still waiting for that and look so forward to that blessing. As you're in your waiting season, do not leave prematurely. Now you might think, obviously, Kayla, I'm waiting. I don't have a choice. I can't leave prematurely. Yes, you can. You do have a choice. And if you think you don't have a choice, then praise God for your faith and trust in his plan. I'll tell you straight up, in my waiting season for marriage, 
I've had options. I'm 42 years old. You think for 42 years I've never had a man want to marry me? (laughs) I've had options to leave my waiting season, but I know I would have left this season prematurely. That's why I'm still in it. I'm waiting to have children. I have the option to prematurely leave this waiting season. I could take this into my own hands. Maybe you're waiting for a breakthrough in the business God has called you to. You have the option to quit, to go back to the job you used to have that he told you to leave. Maybe you're waiting for a financial breakthrough and God is wanting to show you something with that right where you are. You have the option to get money somewhere else. It might not be legal, but you have the option. You have the option to leave your waiting season prematurely. Bible example? (laughs) Let's head to Genesis. Sarah, who is a woman I hold on to because in her old age, like 100, God said she would give birth to a son and she did. But before that, here's what happened. Genesis chapter 15, Abraham, who's Sarah's husband, the Lord makes a covenant with Abraham, but Abraham's like, what good are these blessings? I don't even have a son. You haven't given me any descendants. So my servant, I guess, will be my heir to all of this stuff. And God is like, no, you will have a son. Look up in the sky, count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you'll have. And Abraham believed what God said. Enter waiting season. (laughs) Then Sarah, who at that point was still called Sarai, um, she was not able to have children, right? And so she says to Abraham, I can't have kids, apparently, so take Hagar, my Egyptian servant, and have a baby with her. Abraham's like, okay. (laughs) So they do, and they have a baby named Ishmael. Well, that situation doesn't turn out very well in their household. Then, later on, God says to Abraham, my covenant, my promise, it's still good. Sarah, your wife, yeah, she'll give birth to a son. And yes, you will be the father of many nations, just as he said before. (laughs) Abraham even asked God to bless Ishmael, the son he had before. And God was like, no, your wife, Sarah, will give birth to a son. Name him Isaac. You can keep reading and you might even know the rest of the story for yourself. But man, talk about leaving your waiting season prematurely. Like Abraham had the promise straight from the Lord and he believed it. But then it wasn't happening yet. Sarah couldn't have a baby yet, so they left their waiting season. They chose to take matters into their own hands to make this baby the promise, but it wasn't the promise and it caused problems, lots of problems, for years. Look, I know this season's tough. Like, I know waiting is hard. Waiting is hard, I feel like, from the moment we're born. (laughs) But I need you to see the purpose of your waiting season. I need you to see that your waiting season is not the only season you're in. I need you to see that while you're waiting, it's a whole nother season going on out here. While waiting for summer, it's winter and it's spring. And there is beauty and experiences and blessings and fun and activities in those seasons that will not happen once summer comes. Remember what I said last episode? Fully live in your current season. If all you do is focus on the waiting in like a pouting sort of way, you're missing out on what God has for you right here, right now. I'm going to leave you with this verse and you might already know it. And I feel like if there ever the time to say it again out loud, it's right now. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 and 12 and 13, because let's get some extra context. (laughs) It says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. This waiting season you're in, God knows about it. 
He planned it. He knows about this plan and this plan is good. This plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. This plan is to give you hope and a future. He knows. He planned this. So while you're waiting, remember these three things. Don't limit God. Don't listen to everybody else. And don't leave this season prematurely. And one final word from the Lord for you, because if he said it, it's true. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord, right? They that trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Keep waiting. Keep working. This season, this waiting season, right here, right now, it's all part of his plan for you. Before you go today, I have big news for you. Bible Journaling Bootcamp is open for enrollment all the time now. It is an evergreen program now, meaning that you can enroll any day, any time. And in this 30-day program, you will go from inconsistency, insecurity, all the questions in your time with God, to confidently spending time with God in His Word, reading the Bible, understanding what you're reading, interpreting Scripture properly, and hearing God speak to you right where you are in just 30 days. No calligraphy, no fancy handwriting, just you your Bible, and a notebook, and a pen. This 30-day program has changed women's lives, and I am so, so honored to be offering it open all the time. In these 30 days, you get two 30-minute one-on-one calls with me, and then monthly group calls. You have lifetime access to this 30-day program. This $99 program will change your relationship with God, whether you are a new believer or you have been a minister for 30 years. This is the program that will get you jump-started, that will get you into it, that will get you understanding God's Word, reading His Word consistency, and hearing His voice just for you. Head to hiswordmywalkpodcast.com right now and enroll today. Thank you for joining me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise. If you could do me a quick favor and leave a written review in your listening app, I would really appreciate it. I'll see you next time.